かしております。Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Lay Film. My name is Kevin, one of the co-hosts, and here with me today we have two fellow co-hosts, Richie and Patrick, and we're here to talk about films that we think could、um, inspire people. You know, all forms of media do that in one way or another, but、uh, the films that we like to pick here.、Um, Every week we go around in a rotation. Each one of us picks a film for all of us to see, and then we talk about it in the hopes that it might spur you to check it out yourself.、Um, this week was my turn. I picked a film from 1998, and it is called Afterlife, and it is directed by Hirokazu Koreeda.、Um, but before we get into that,、um, it's been a very long time. Since we last recorded, I can't even remember.、Uh, I feel like it was.、Um, was it? It was a Miyazaki movie, wasn't it? No. Oh, it wasn't. We did Princess Mononoke, but we did one after, didn't we? Oh yeah, I think we did your film that you.、Played. We did Blue. Yeah. And then、Blue. was there another after that? No.、Okay. I don't think so. Okay.、Mm-mm. Yeah, we well, we lasted Blue at Tyler's. I do remember being there. Oh yeah, it's been a while.、Yeah. And speaking of which, Tyler isn't here with us today. He's、uh, the fourth member. You know,、um, he's you know, we'll hold down the fort in his absence. Love you, Tyler.、Um, but yeah,、uh, let's. I wanted. I I was curious about like catching up with you guys.、Um, you know, we were talking before the podcast and whatnot, and、uh, Richie brought up a good point of、uh, films that he's been seeing. And how they relate to time in one way, and I was wondering if you could expand on that for us, if you will. Yeah, because the idea of time, like, I don't know. I feel like time is. I mean, time obviously is different.、Uh, you know, like here in Sacramento, but like when you, you know, you when you travel, like hundreds of miles or whatever, to get to another place, the thing that you're in, like the car. Helps you transcend time. In a way, because,、um, you know, going that fast,、um, yeah, you can have like a, I guess, more of a active lifestyle, in that regard. But、um, yeah, I don't know. Does that make sense? It does.、Um, one thing that it reminds me of is、uh, in this one book that I was I was reading a while back called、um, Time Management for Mortals. They talk about the nature of productivity, and how the more productive you get, the more time you open up yourself to do things that also need to be done. So、mm-hmm. there, there's like no true escape,、um, and it 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 reminds me of that because it's like the car that you were talking about, like it it it's a vessel for you to like speed up time in a way, or to to shorten the amount of time that you would be spending getting from point A to point B. In a way, versus like a、yeah. plane, a train, whatever you want.、Um, but yeah,、uh, what do you think, Pat? I completely agree,、uh, <laughs> especially from riding the bus in this god awful city. 
uh, for so long. I think one of our early experiences together was on your film, Kevin, the Snake Day itself. And just that mortified feeling as I was waiting on J Street. Uh, yeah, just waiting for the bus on a Saturday or Sunday. I think that was my mistake because it runs every hour. But somehow I was there for an hour and a half without seeing a bus. That's because it's the city. But yeah, if I had a car, which I did get a car later in college, it's like, oh, now my commute is 30 minutes instead of an hour and a half, two hours, two hours and a half. It's like a, I'm at the mercy of the bus and the light rail and the bus. And yeah, so it's just, I do completely agree with that. Like a, stuff like a car allows you to purchase time or it just opens your world where you can go to places now. Like I've been, I've been doing more night drives and I went from West Sac to like South Sac on accident. Oh, wow. Just going by the industrial areas. And uh, yeah, it's, I'm getting, I'm finding my way to find, I'm finding new ways around the city. And it's, uh, and in that example, I'm just killing time because I'm not ready to go to sleep. Versus, you know, I'm saving time if I want to go to the store. Walking is going to take a minute. Some stuff may even spoil on the walk back. But a car allows you to aggregate more time for other things what was a kind of the inciting incident that made you start thinking about this stuff Richie Mm -hmm. inciting incident Uh, I don't know I'm trying to think like I guess kind of traversing into like what made me love film in the first place and I feel like that first movie for me was Donnie Darko. Mm-hmm. And so I've always watched that film. I've watched it like many times, maybe at least like a dozen times at this point. Um, yeah, and that movie like has a lot going on in it. So many genres that it tackles. Um, yeah, and I feel like they're, I don't know. Uh, yeah, they're just like, I like movies that make you think about that or kind of provoke you to think about how you can have a better life and how, you know, it's okay. Like, they're trying to make you um, be more regretful, I guess, because sometimes it's hard for us to let go and let go of having these regrets or just holding a grudge on life, you know? And. Anyway, Richard Kelly movies, yeah. Just watching, just going back and watching uh, his work. Uh, I think he's going to be one of those directors that is polarizing at first, but maybe 20, 30 years down the line, you're you're like, oh yeah, that filmmaker. Within that time period, um, when he made movies, you know, like it was after 9-11 and after these big events um, in our world, and how he tackles that is pretty... uh, I think it was pretty funny and great. Just, yeah. I watched Southland Tales. That movie's awesome. And it's the one movie that I see on Letterboxd. Like, I, even other people, like, have been looking it up, like, or people that we work with, Kevin, um, they're like, oh, I've never seen, like, the bars on Letterboxd, like, so even. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, usually it's staggered. Yeah. Or, like, a, or it's counterbalanced in a way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
yeah it's like you either have like fully negative reviews or insanely positive or somewhere in the middle but like so this one is just completely flat or it's not yeah. completely but it's near flat <laughs> <laughs> absolutely it's it's nuts and it's not like it's only has like a thousand reviews or whatever like it has a decent amount so um it's just one of those movies i feel like either you get it or you don't you know um yeah just the rock before he became a superstar like justin timberlake mandy moore like you think about those names now and you're like oh shit they're all in this movie um mandy moore's great even for her like bit role in um sean william scott I feel like it's underrated like it makes me mad that some people think sean william scott's like a bad actor or something like oh he's terrible and everything it's just like that guy has like charisma and he can like act and he's done so many great roles that he's not really known for um and the rock like doing like a mr burns like anxiety induced like character it's so good yeah i think you guys would like it if if anything if you hated the movie like some of the one-liners will stick with you okay. you know sarah michelle geller like she's one of the best characters in that film um yeah it's great and it kind of pred- uh, people say it kind of predicted like our current world right now and yeah it's pretty freaky um, it's tackled on, like, the Patriot Act and um, mm. how, like, they're keeping surveillance on everybody. I mean, just kind of like today still. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, I don't know. I showed my uh, students that I work with Southland Tales, and they hated it. <laughs> and I already prefaced, I already told them, like, hey, you're either going to hate this movie or you're just going to really like it. And so many people are like, no, I hate this movie. <laughs> it's not even like eh, it's all right they're like i hate this movie <laughs> no yeah I, it, it, if i'm correct that one's in response to the war on terror and 9-11 i believe so yeah yeah I I guess, it came out in 2006 yeah so i guess it's still yeah. prevalent back then i guess where i heard a uh uh a series analyzing the uh gulf war and then the war, subsequent war on terror and they did a special episode on the cultural significance of those moments. I think South. I think that film was the only one that they gave praise to for being conscious of the time that they were in, as well as again predicting a lot of stuff. Because then I think that was the era of like the shooting cries mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And we still have those to this day in a way. I know there's a. There's a story now about the an interpreter left behind, and the special troops. The troops have to go in and save him. Is, are you talking about the Jake Gyllenhaal movie? Possibly. Yeah, the. Uh, has a weird name. The, Co- the Covenant. I think it's a Guy Ritchie film. Yeah, the Covenant. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's like it. Just seems those films always scream a lack of awareness because the most endearing film about the war on terror is going to be from the Taliban perspective about defeating the evil empire in a way, which is, you know, those great images of them with the ice cream cones <laughs> and at the amusement park. It's a pretty, it felt like history that we didn't get, we didn't observe because our culture turned a blind eye to it. And I remember that film, I have been meaning to watch it because I haven't yet, but just, I, I've heard about it from that review. So yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm so curious now. I got to see it. <clears throat> yeah, I love it. Yeah, I, I can't wait for us to do it as a podcast because I know I love showing movies that I feel like it's going to be polarizing and it's going to be great. Yeah. I, I mean, that film already predicted like an Elon Musk type figure back then. And I was like, dang, 
you know, the Kim Kardashian, Paris Hilton route. Like, that's, that's who, like, Sarah Michelle Gellar plays. Mm. It's, like, former adult actress who wants to be an entrepreneur, has, like, her reality TV show with her own products. I'm like, I was like, damn. It was, it was, a, it was a cultural wasteland. That's, thinking back, like, I was just young enough to be outside of it fully or like just something like you know you're a dumb kid but like in retrospect it's kind of it was pretty wild you know that people were like openly calling for like nuking of certain regions of the world and all that and like that kind of rhetoric kind of resonated and now it may be coming around again but yeah, what a weird phenomenon but the film captured it um, what else have uh, you been checking out, Pat? Uh, I've been shamelessly. Uh, I've I've fallen for the meme that's all over the place. I think the "I have no enemies" meme, mm. the Vinland Saga. I saw that meme and I was like, I didn't give this show a fair chance when I first tried to watch it. Like I I, I stopped before, like the other characters were introduced. I guess it felt like a straightforward revenge story. I was like, okay, maybe. There's going to be other stuff. But I dropped it, and then I saw the beam recently. I was like, oh, let me check this out again. And I started reading the manga. And then, yeah, it's a very... It's probably, the for me, currently the most inspirational, uh, like, narrative plot about, like, when it comes to revenge. Like, it doesn't play the whole... It doesn't do that thing where revenge is achieved, and then the character realizes the hollowness of it. It's a beautiful story where a character uh, seems to like just elevate progressively from like your your typical revenge crazed protagonist to like I don't know monk level or yeah just great like that line I have no enemies in the image and so uh, it just summarizes everything. It's very powerful and uh, it's very inspirational. It's like yeah maybe I shouldn't be. I'm a hater by nature. I hate things and all that stuff by oh, nature. I'm, I'm right there with you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's inspiring to see the character works on self-improvement as a means to uh, satiate and remove these these motivations or these sources of hatred or fear. Or like, you know, you know, kill someone before they kill you. The character's like, no, 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 no. You never, no one needs to kill anyone ever. Like, you can just discuss this. You can remove yourself from the situation. You can disarm the situation. <laughs> and I'll die doing any means to achieve those things before I kill again. And it's really powerful. Really good stuff. That sounds amazing. <laughs> it's real good. I yeah. haven't finished it, but yeah. It's definitely a good read. And uh, I know the second season ended recently. And uh, yeah, it feels like. It came out at the perfect time, but some of the reception is like hit and miss. Like some people love it, and then some people are like, "This is the most boring show ever." Like, why is the character like a wuss now? <laughs> you should be killing fools left and right and all that. Oh no! Yeah. It's kind of like the Conan stuff, where people kind of miss Conan, the Barbarian. The Destroyer is kind of bad with the first one, where he. You know, his father swords his father swords breaks. He all this mission about revenge and getting his father's sword back and defeating the guy who killed him. And he gets the sword and he's fighting. And so he's, is that a film about like emasculation or something? Because the father's sword is like symbolic. 
it's a phallic imagery. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> right, you know what? The, the 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 meteorite steel sword that he finds in the tomb. Grom. Is, yeah, you know he doesn't get his father's swords back. He breaks his father's sword that's being wielded by the uh, big bad guys, like number one henchman. So his own sword shatters the sword of the the one his father forged, and that's you know a great little moment where he's overcame and became better than his starting part of being just a gladiator, saying murder your enemies and all that stuff. But yeah, I love that. Yeah, but that film is is a. It's kind of missed. It's like Scarface, where the point is kind of missed. Where it's like, oh yeah, be a badass barbarian in medieval times, just raping and pillaging. It's like, no, no, it's kind of more like, no, no. The the ending is harrowing. Yeah. Like it, it, I I love how um it buys into the dark fantasy, or it, it of course it takes place there in the dark fantasy setting, and then um builds up this huge like tale of revenge, but it's it's not about that like. In 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 the end, it's about like how your worldview can be shaped and narrowed by all of these like outside factors. But it's like if you could just remember like a few key lessons as you're like navigating your way through life, you might be able to come out of it true to true to yourself, as opposed to you know like in this movie Afterlife that we're talking about. Um, the whole premise behind it is there is a place that. Uh, people who have passed away go to much like a purgatory environment where there are these key people there who basically transition them out of waking life into the afterlife and they tell these newcomers and it happens each week they get about like I, I think the first week that they mentioned they got had about like 15 people 18 and you know it it, it ranges around that number and um, they ask these individuals to come up with one memory that they can take with them into the afterlife. And they only have like two to three days to pick it out. And at the end of the week, they recreate these memories on like a film set. And then they show them uh, like a showcase to all the people there during that week. And then they send them off. Um, one of the things that I was thinking about with this movie was um, I couldn't tell if... Uh, and, and I'm pretty certain that they discuss this in the film too, is um, once you pick a memory from a certain time in your life, you can't remember anything past mm. that. Mm. Or like anything that comes after, afterward. So let's say that you picked a, a memory from the time that you were 10. You wouldn't remember anything that happens after that point in time. I, I interpret it as you're just living that moment infinitely. Oh, oh living that Oh, so, so that's, everything that's before and after kind of is gone. Interpret yeah. too, right? Oh my yeah. god! Because they have to save it. You know, that's the only thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's so... That's why it's so important to pick the uh, correct moment because you're just going to be in it forever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, it, it sort of reminded me of that. Um, and I thought that... Um, Man, here I was thinking this entire time. I'm like, oh, I can pick a moment when I'm like older, <laughs> and then I can, you know, think Remember back on all these older things. But it's like, no, that's it's just the one moment you get. Yeah. Um. But. Yeah. Uh. With with Conan and whatnot, like it, it helped me to like. It it reminds me of this film where it's like an important lesson that you like, look to every time and and again because I've seen Conan like two or three times. But I still think about that film 
like every once in a while and I'll think to myself like okay am I on the right path like the only the only power I can trust in the world is my own um, everything else that's it's so turbulent and on the fence and it can be taken away at the instant or at, at a moment's notice um, it makes me want to be more present which is like how I felt after watching this film too it makes me want to sort of uh, step out of the moment a little bit to kind of look around and just take everything in and treasure it. And like you were saying, Richie, too, like with things that you've been taking in, it's making you like think more about like just the the passage of time. And that's sort of like a broad thing, but um, it, it it's so fleeting. Um, like I, I just turned 30 recently and that's got me thinking about like how like have I even been awake <laughs> up to this point in time because I feel like I just started like living when I was 25 like and it's like this film made me think like have I only been living for five years basically like where I know who I am um because all those previous years I feel like I was getting over being born and tumbling through life having things happen to me and figuring out what to do from that point on. And now here I am and in hindsight, looking back being like, damn, I, there's so many things I wish I could have changed or I wish I could have uh, done or, and then it makes me think about this movie that I've been talking about a lot called afterlife or no, not afterlife, uh, past lives. <laughs> okay. That's too I did this earlier with you, Richie too. <laughs> I said the wrong thing. Um, it's a movie called Past Lives, um, and that's another premise that kind of deals with the passage of time, too, and it's very unique in the way that it shows it. Um, uh, the premise is about these two childhood friends who basically get one last memory with each other before one of them emigrates to Canada, mm-hmm. and throughout their lives, they, it explores what draws them together. And what causes them to, you know, uh, go their separate ways again. And it's, you know, we were talking about, Pat and I were talking about, like, the trailer earlier. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, is this going to be like a like a romance movie mm-hmm. and everything? I don't think it is. Okay. Um, it's a very realistic depiction of bonds. And I've seen it three times. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. That's a, that's a seal of approval. Yeah, and I, I you guys have probably heard this before, but I'm just going to say it for the podcast. Um, the first time I saw it, the projector at the theater I went to had like was having a bunch of issues, so it got canceled halfway through. And I was honestly grateful for that because it got me thinking about everything that happened in that first half. And it's like, oh, are they going to work out? Are they not? Like, what's mm-hmm. what's it building up to? Um and then a few days later, I'm like, okay, I gotta watch this before it leaves. Um, and then I saw it. The, everything just washed over me. And it felt all the more enriching because I had thought so much about what I had seen a few days earlier. And it left a huge impact on me being able to see how everything resolves. Uh, so much so to where I saw it uh, for a third time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the third time is what really it's cemented itself as a movie that I will like, I already want to watch it again. 
um, because it, it, it feels so close to close to me. Um, it's a film that I feel like anybody can relate to. It's about like, oh, you walk past somebody and then you something about their outfit or something about them draws you into that individual and then they feel the same way towards you or at least it seems that way. Um, like you can feel some sort of like connection there. Um, and yeah, it just explores that kind of thing and it helped me um, find resolve in my own life too. And when it comes out, I'm buying it. I'm buying the soundtrack. It's one of those movies. Absolutely amazing. Um, and yeah, it's made me think about time in that way as well. Where it's like 12 years can go by mm -hmm. not having said a word to an individual. And then for some reason, something happens to where you two just connect again. Like I have friends that I haven't spoken to in like a few years. It's like, oh, is this it? Is that was the last time we talked really the last time or is something going to happen to where we'll reconnect again like later on down down the road um and it makes me think about afterlife again because there's so many beautiful depictions of people reflecting and some are unable to some are some need a little assistance some are like boom this is the moment um mm -hmm. But yeah, um, what do you guys think? Uh, do you want to jump into ratings real quick? I'm ready. All right. Um, I'll just go. Um, I'm going to give it a 4.25 out of 5. I really enjoyed the concept, um, and I loved the approach to the way it was filmed. It made everything feel all the more immersive and realistic to me. It felt very poetic um cathartic and i feel like i needed to see this movie when i saw it and i think to me that is a clear sign of a beautiful movie that deserves more recognition mm -hmm. uh, i'm gonna give it a five out of five i was uh a little on the fence on going full fives because i was thinking back like is there like a Sometimes I need a moment. I'm like, what, what was the big moment for me of this film? And then I remembered it. I was like, oh yeah, it's a five out of five. And yeah, I just love the, uh, I love the premise. I love the setting. I love the way they handle the afterlife. It's a uh, very, it's just beautifully and poetic. The concept itself, where you choose a single memory, everything before and after, is kind of forgotten. And then, like, do you live that memory a hundred times? Do you live it once? But the duration of living that at that time is a million years or the eternity until the thing. Uh, I love the the concept that you, know, you achieved heaven in your waking world. You just gotta look back and re recognize that. And then I love that angle where they're creating a short film together, or they're recreating that moment through like little film tricks. Like it's not exactly the same. And I'm kind of spoiling. I'm trying not to. Oh, there's not much, yeah. But I'm just saying, and then in the film, when you see certain people, when they're recreating those moments for the showcase, and, like, the film is all set up, and they got the set, and, like, it's it's kind of like, you know, it looks, it's fun. It's like, oh, it's like a small, medium production. Like, it's really, it's really endearing. It's like, oh, yeah, it looks great. Like, it seems like a good time. And then you see, like, a simultaneous, like, the person whose memory it is, they're having both like a, uh, a realization of their vision is being created for film and the beauty in that, as well as 
their realization and, and reflecting on their lives and this great moment in it. And then, you know, it's just, there's like two or three times where like a character's sitting down and they're like, oh, it's like, was it like this? And they're like, do, like making a change. And there's just like, like in deep thought for like five seconds, like on the verge of tears. Like, yeah, it's perfect. It was just like that. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, it's great. And it's like, oh, it's so good. I love that. Uh, and then I like the, uh, the characters, uh, yeah, five out of five, just everything's great. I like the little, the little details, like the moons. I was glad I saw that and pieced it together. I was like, oh. once in the guy, the security guards, he's playing the game by himself. But yeah, great, great. And then, yeah, just five out of five. It's almost, for some reason, I think of August in the Water. Maybe it's because yeah. it's getting so hot outside. Mm-hmm. It's a perfect movie for that kind of time, yeah. But yeah, like... Same year, too, I think. I think. Or, yeah. 98, 97, something. But yeah, it's just something about, something about this movie. Uh, it's just... Um, it kind of transcends, for me personally, you know, movies that are just movies or, you know... It just has more weight now after seeing it. Everyone should see it. And especially every filmmaking student or anyone who wants to make films should see it. It's, it should be mandatory viewing. And yeah, that's my review. Or my rating. What do you think, Richie? Um, I feel like well, in terms of rating, I would give this film a, a 2.75. Um... Like I understand, I feel like I understand what the film is going for. I I feel like just the structure of it in the beginning when it kind of feels like more like interviews with the characters. Like and and don't get me wrong, like the dialogue is really great. Like the acting for those characters are like really strong. Like I I can't really think of anyone in the film that like stood out as like you know not being good. And yeah, I don't know. It kind of reminded me of Mass at first, but then like. You know, you had the whole storyline with the, you know, the counselors and stuff, like the younger um, people. And, um, yeah, but other than that, like, I don't know. I couldn't really, I guess the idea of, like, death and how that would look like when these people are handling it. It's, um, I understand it's going for more of, like, a maybe poignant or, like, a more of a realistic, I don't even know, like, what realistic would mean in film approach to it and um i don't know one of the characters like mentioned like even a good and bad people in here and whatnot so i'm like oh okay maybe kind of dwell more into that but um yeah uh, other than that um yeah i feel i feel like it's kind of hard for me to recommend uh but i don't know there are aspects about it that i really like though um yeah, I feel like if I viewed it more as like a kind of more of an ensemble than like following just one person, you know, one person's journey through the story about like handling life there and after and where you go. Um, but yeah, I guess maybe like in comparison to things that I've watched recently, maybe that's why I feel kind of muddled about it, you know? Like I was watching like satire on time and life and death and whatnot and um I don't know it's kind of hard maybe I just 
I just couldn't gel with the like um, maybe slower toned and poetic like you said Patrick um, yeah anyway I don't want to go too long of a tangent but oh, no. I, I think it's just that one character when he brought it up I couldn't stop thinking about it I'm like okay so what happens when an evil person died and came here <laughs> I wanted that aspect too I understand like the film is going for like this positive like oh man look at these like wholesome memories and I mean yeah even like towards the end with the I don't want to talk about like favorite memories yet but yeah anyway that that whole storyline was really good I like that part um And if you haven't seen it yet, feel free to check out the film. It's available on the Criterion channel. If you have that subscription, you can look for it uh, to rent, buy, or stream other in other places too. Um, yeah, if you like the discussion so far, keep listening because we are about to go into spoilers. So we're back, and we are in spoiler territory now. Um, just want to start off by saying that I feel like there wasn't too much of a... Or the narrative wasn't intricate at all, mm-hmm. like in, in my opinion. Um, it feels like it's very self-explanatory from the beginning, what they're there to do. They execute it, and then that's what we were that's what was told to us and that's what we're given. But I feel like um, it's like one of those films where it's about the experience of watching them doing it rather than the payoff at the end. Um, And I really like the glimpse into these workers' lives. Um, And from the beginning, I was sort of wondering, why are these people here as opposed to the ones who are getting off the station? Um... Like, what's going on with that? And why does everything look the same as Earth, basically? But it also feels a little bit off. Like, everything feels, like, overcast, like, wintry. Mm-hmm. Um, is is there any seasons? Like, does do the seasons ever change? Like, I had so many questions. But I like how the film drew me in to the way that they um, navigate these different personalities and these accumulation of life experiences for instance, like the one character who wouldn't stop talking about 
all the people that um, they had been with in mm-hmm. life um, or the other individual who was like, oh, well, what if I just don't choose anything? Yeah. Um, and also there's another character who is nonverbal for the most part of the film. One, or, one of the best payoffs. Yeah, one of the best payoffs, yeah. And so, and there's a huge time limit too because these individuals have to coax a memory out of each person in the span of like two days, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like if I were in the position of somebody who had just gotten off the station, uh, I would be freaking out. Um, and it, it reminds me of like uh, playing Majora's Mask or something where it's like, oh, you have three days to figure out something. Otherwise, the moon's going to hit the earth and we're all going to die. Um and it's like, oh, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> you can play that game of, what what kind of movie is that? Donnie Darko. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And um, The end of like times kind of scenario. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I loved the, um, how there wasn't necessarily like any conflict in the film. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I mean, of course, like there were moments of tension between characters, but I didn't feel like there was a central antagonist. I didn't feel like anybody was out to get anybody else. Um, and I like how it was very team oriented. Um, even the people who were there uh, picking memories, you could tell that there was like a sense of unity between all of them. Um, and what makes it all the more heart wrenching to me is that none of them will remember their time there. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, I'm not going to get right into the other point that jumps off of that or the thing that causes that to uh, go in that direction. But yeah, what do you guys think of, of the film like in as a whole or not as a whole, but like your your favorite details from the story or whatnot? Oh, yeah. I love the uh, when the girl, the counselor, leaves the uh, the she goes location scouting. I like that little detail where she's a ghost or spirit walking around and it's a great you know great little they're not it's not like they're trapped you know and then that really alleviated a lot of the pressure because i was like oh yeah this at the start i was like so intrigued like oh this is scary to be someone there and then to be someone working there it's like okay what happens if you don't do this but it seems to be that people no matter what seem to find a way to get to where they need to be like the gentleman who has the who needs the tapes ordered and then, yeah, just the, uh, yeah, so many, just a lot of the, a lot of the parts where they're on the productions and, or the, uh, the final ceremony when the character comes up with the bag full of sakura or what the blossomed flowers. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, she gives them to them for helping. That was a great, that's probably my favorite moment. That's when I almost cried watching the film when she came up out of nowhere. Cause like, I think she talks twice. And yeah, she seems she's so confident, like, oh I know my memory. So she's like, I'm fine. And then she asks one of the guys, like, Oh, is there ever spring here? Like, is, is there any trees that like flower or bloom? And he's like, Oh no, like, oh it's fall. You won't get to see spring here. And he's like, Oh, okay. But then she shows up with the blossoms where to me it communicated she's like uh she's lived such a enlightened life or full life. Or that the the reassurance in oneself that she was able to go out to the garden off camera, and 
the nature change to her whim and it's like a beautiful thing to how they communicate that through just oh here's like the blossoms and then I can imagine that happening I can imagine the weight and everything of and then the reaction, amazing acting from the counselor who receives them. <laughs> that was my favorite counselor. Yeah. So many moments like that. Just And then the part where the girl's wandering, the counselor's wandering aimlessly in front of that giant like midnight clock mechanism that's like kind of heaven, like gates opening. It's kind of sci-fi thing opening. And then, yeah. And just so many moments. The sh- moment with the shoes, the red shoes, the plane... I was kind of interested in the romance between the counselors, but then I was like, yeah, it's kind of backseat to, like, I, by the end, I felt like this is getting resolved, and I'm not worried about it, like, that was, like, the only narrative through line I felt, like, really kind of guides the movie, because mm-hmm. the rest is, like, Richie said, straightforward documentary feel, but I love that, like, the parts where it cuts weird, like, it cuts from a shot to a similar shot, like, same shot during the interview process, it feels very, uh, intentionally uh mocking or documentary asked to pull like i pulled me in more or it's like you know it feels like this is now a documentary about these people in the afterlife on these productions and all that and it just make it elevates the the realism of this whole magical concept like we're we're technically not in the real world at all until the girl the counselor goes to the real world location scouting in a way because i think the film opens with the location and then people first arriving through the foggy gates and all that. Yeah, and then summarizing how many people they sent off mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and how many people they're getting this week and then dividing up. Like, it's very um, going through the motions each week. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminds me of, like, what being... I mean, I've never been a teacher, but it, I feel like if I were, it would feel similar to this way where it's like you go for an entire, like, X amount of months with a group of kids... Um, group of students that you're teaching and then you send them on your way most likely to never see them again but with them it's every week Mm -hmm. and it's even more heightened because you're dealing with the accumulation of their life Um, some of them older than others like I think that there was like a teenage or no there was like a 13 year old Mm -hmm. there um, which I thought was so sad yeah Um, her memory is going to be at Splash Mountain. Yeah. And she had a few pulled to the side. It's like, look, can we hear that? Like, I've heard that 35 times. Yeah. You want a real memory. You don't want you don't want what we think, because they're a kid. You, know, you don't want what we think is a big moment, or whatever like little thing you thought think is a big moment. Like, really think about it. Yeah, it was, it was interesting seeing the um, relationship between the counselors and the uh, participants, because the you could see the counselors bending them mm-hmm. into you know or coaxing them like different ways of coaxing them to find certain memories and get finessed themselves like yeah the, he never showed up yeah he never <laughs> <did>. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um yeah there were a certain um there were certain counselors that i definitely enjoyed uh learning more about their backstory one of them that feels a bit unresolved to me is the 18 year old uh woman who was there and she was the one that coaxed the better memory out of the uh, teenage uh, out of mm-hmm. the teenager changing it from a uh, splash mountain to like a more soft and much more unique personal memory but she be- she she became the role of the object of her affection like she got his position when he moved on and then the totally aimless youth 
punk kid is going to... It's like It implies a cycle where he's going to be her, and then over time, hmm. either she's going to be ready to move on, he'll be ready to step into that position and help people. That's or, a really good point, Pat. That's why I took it as... Yeah, because I, I felt like sort of unresolved on that. Um, I mean, of, of course, like it shows her, you know, practicing in the end of uh, repeating the questions to herself to try and get like more familiar and whatnot. Um, but I like hearing that point. It makes me appreciate what happens to her and what happens to the other person who felt felt very aimless and is just out in the snow, just like doing similar stuff what she was doing earlier where yeah, she yeah. gets upset um with the love story and how it doesn't resolve um yeah uh yeah i like a uh, there were a couple moments that stood out to me like i like the the guys playing chess mm-hmm. <laughs> it was pretty funny yeah um yeah and the whole um twist of the guy when he mentions that he is only what like 22 23 where mm-hmm. he died but like because he was talking about like oh we're in the our generation <laughs> like so but even though like he yeah because the older gentleman the 70 year old um yeah i like that storyline a lot about how he wanted to go to the movies um with his uh wife right but that was like mm-hmm. the last day like they only they only went once and like didn't ever get to do that and yeah that was like one of my favorite parts of the movie for sure um yeah and then him realizing like that was uh his wife but he died like in the uh in the war right or something yeah he died the counselor is the young guy died but he was betrothed i think is the word or Mm -hmm. Yeah, like he was engaged or something. Yeah, they were, and they were engaged, but he died in the war, so she right. found a new husband, which is this now old old guy who is having difficulty selecting what memory to pick and all that. Right. Because he's looking back at his life as like an unremarkable thing. Yeah, very ordinary. Mm-hmm. Just real. I was like, that's me in this film. <laughs> I'm too paralyzed to think of a real moment to pick it for eternity, so I'm like, I don't think anything happened. <laughs> And yeah, they're putting the, yeah, like when they're watching the tapes and all that. Yeah, I, I love that. Um, and I especially really liked how that that particular team helped guide that individual instead of just letting them stay there. Mm-hmm. Um, like they actually went and called back and got every single moment captured on tape to play back for this person. And. Yeah. I was thinking, like, would I do that if I were given the chance? And I would be like, yes, I would absolutely do that. I feel like that would help me out immensely. Um, They're basically, like, just making a film about memories, right? So, like, I would be like, just go the whole epic. Go the whole eight hour. (laughs) Are you going to help You guys are going to, like, work full time for me and just make, like, (laughs) the most bombastic. Like, I don't know. They have unlimited currency, right? (laughs) (laughs) That works in that world. (laughs) I wanted to be a couple years. <laughs> but yeah, I like I like that uh the stakes were kind of non-existent, but I enjoyed that in this film. Mm-hmm. Because again, like you said, like the the connection between the counselor, this current guy and the wife before who also passed through there. It's one of those things. And then it for me it pay, plays into the res- resolution at the end for the uh I forget the girl counselor's name, but the young girl was like 18, 19. Mm-hmm. Where uh 
you know, for that gentleman who feels like his life was ordinary and of no significance, it took him meeting the counselor who she was engaged, or the counselor who was once engaged when they were young and alive, was engaged to his past wife. It took that for him to suddenly uh, really, really, really pick the moment. And in doing that, he can write the letter to the counselor. And the counselor was then ready himself to move on. So it feels like, you know, then he's moved on. And then now the uh, girl counselor is stepping into his role. And it feels like a cycle of things are going to continue. Like she's going to help the punk aimless guy find purpose or whatever in helping these people. And she'll be ready to move on. And then he'll be ready to step into her place and help someone else. Mm. It's just, uh, yeah, I, I thought the whole film like beautifully ties itself up where you know there's no car chase there's no explosion there's barely even an antagonist except for like you know people like self-doubt self-image like the woman lying about her memory as they're like setting up the set and stage mm-hmm. and she's like oh it's just like but then she lets a, a lie slip that like he didn't show up or like something was off and he's like no wait you said this he's like oh yeah well uh i've been lying this whole time like, that felt like the only, like, antagonist or stakes. Mm-hmm. The guy was a womanizer. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, who eventually caved and... No, he didn't cave. The beautiful thing is, like, the counselor's, like, it's like throwaway dialogue as they're walking to the venue or after. Where he's like, you remember that guy who just talked about all the women he had sex with? And, like, oh, which mm-hmm. he's, he was pretending to pick which one was the best to be with forever. He's <laughs> like, yeah, he fucking picked giving his daughter away at her marriage. Yeah. <laughs> like... He's like, what? He's like, yeah, that's like so unlike him. He's like, no, no, they're all like that. Like, he's just, he was doing bravado for us. <laughs> he knew what he wanted the whole time. He's like, oh, damn, I'm so cool and I have so much sex. Like, it's so hard, man. <laughs> and then, like, they talked to him. He's like, sliding a paper. He's like, here's, here's my real memory. <laughs> but yeah, like, but while you're seeing him, it's like, oh, this guy's like a pig. Or he's like, so pig headed. He's like, oh, you know. When a woman stays and she didn't make me a soup, she made me a broth, all right? She, it's, that takes real effort. Um, I don't maybe I'll stay with her. But then he's like, oh, yeah, give away my daughter. It kind of, through like a little dialogue, it redeems his character of being like, oh, he's such a chauvinistic pig. But underneath that, yeah. he was a good person, good enough to go here. Yeah. He wasn't just a complete womanizing monster who just died alone or anything. <laughs> Yeah, I just love all the little details and like the fake moon. Yeah. Yeah. The talk about the plane. Oh yeah. That is so real. It's like, oh no, the wings were different. They yeah. didn't go this way. They were up like this, and just seeing the clouds, like they. Were... Or just how polite he's trying to be, because he's like a plane guy. Like he has, he's like, he's like, ah, oh, it's like, oh, it's like this plane. He's like, I mean, like the body, but like the that's not a. I forget the word. I think it begins with the F. He's like, nah, nah, the planes I fly, the wings on top. Like, I fly the real planes or whatever. It kind of had that feel without him being arrogant. Mm-hmm. But it felt so real. Like, like he, yeah. he was being, like, completely authentic with them because they're all a part of the team. Yeah. Like, even though it's this person's memory, mm-hmm. they're just as integral to, to the process of, like, making sure everything is accurate. Yeah. And, like, everybody wants it to be as accurate as possible in order to stay true to the original idea. Like, if your your memories, you've seen your favorite band, and, like, oh, you know, well, you got, like, Def Leppard or, like, another band. It's like, yeah. no, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah. 
this band is the band I've seen. This is the moment. This yeah. is the, uh, and it's like, oh, did they play in the afternoon? Did they play in the evening? Yeah. Like, like, oh, what yeah. what actually happened? But it's like, what if it was important and integral that it was during you know sunset because like you handed over like a yeah. like something to somebody else at that moment and. I don't know. It, 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 I loved how nuanced everything was mm-hmm. um, and how each person was honest in the end because there's no reason not to be. Um, and even the ones who felt like more lost, like the, the rebellious person who uh, was talking about, well, can I just pick a dream, like a dream that I have? Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, like it says like, oh, maybe this person hasn't grown enough in their previous life or they didn't get a chance um which you know shows up with the the person the counselor who died during like world war ii um that was my favorite moment um was in that sort of story where he's like helping that uh old man find a memory to choose and then it ends up being a moment in the park mm-hmm. where it's just an ordinary day like in the fall and leaves are falling and he's sitting there with his wife and they aren't talking they aren't doing anything and then um ends up going his way he leaves the letter behind mm-hmm. saying like hey thank you for not saying anything and uh, like i know it was you that she was with before and she never got over you um but thank you for helping me yeah and then the other counselor the 18 one who was in love i i feel like they had a thing hmm. or she had a, yeah deep admiration to love but then that's where the that's why i say her becoming his role is instead of them falling in love it's more poignant mm-hmm. it gets more of a mentor yeah it makes their the affection it's part of her growing where her affection was like you know her love and affection was like towards uh in a way a superior and then Seeing his resolution resolution yeah, helps that, her grow to become him instead of desiring to be with him. She self-actualizes and becomes him. Yeah, I think that uh, that moment of resolution in his arc where he realizes that he was a part of somebody else's happy memory, which was his fiance's. Like, I thought that was so cool that they were able to go back into their archives and find his wife's memory that she picked at the same park that the husband picked but with her yeah. and him instead of her wife oh, that's heartbreaking it's heartbreaking <laughs> but like that's where it's like it's beautiful that he doesn't know and he won't know and so thinking on that it, it made me think like okay if you only get one moment to live in is it wrong that she chose that one as opposed to uh, you know the same memory that her second or you know that uh, her husband picked of both of them there and to me it's like i feel like i arrived at an answer where no it doesn't matter it's about like the feeling that you had like because let's say that after that moment her life was never truly the same um she had to like give give away parts of herself like of her soul and just experiences sort of like worn wore her away wore away her um her spirit in a sense um and that sort of reminds me of, like, my own, like, childhood, um, where I have, like, it's like, what was I like as a kid? Because I don't have many, like, videos of myself or many photos of myself. Like, all I have are the stories that my, uh, mom or, like, family members, like, tell me. Um, like, I found out one recently, which was super weird. 
um, where apparently my uh, stepdad told me, like he saw me play with, playing with a snail one day, because um, I used to do that. I used to play with bugs mm-hmm. a lot when I was kids, or when I was a kid, and he told me that um, I should keep it as a pet and that I should put it in my pocket. And so I kept it in there, and then, like, my mom was, like, cleaning out, like, my jacket or something, and she's like, well, she's like, Kevin, what is this? Why do you have a snail in your pocket? And then, like, I was telling her, oh, it's my pet. Like, I'm taking care of it, and all this thing, and I, I did not remember that at all. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that was, like, who I was, and I feel like I still am that person in a way, because I'm, like, even when I find bugs in here, I'm, like, I save them and I send them outside. Um, and like, even when I, cause I, I went on a camping trip like a few weeks back and I walked like this huge trail along like the coastline and it was like very like, uh, dense with like, uh, with vegetation and life and everything. And so when you're walking down it, you would feel like the only person there. And I found like the snail in like the middle of the trail and I was like, Oh, like I was filming it. Um, and it was like a little gray snail. Just like going through it, and then all of a sudden I see like this uh fifteen year old kid roll around like the corner on like a on like a mountain bike, <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit! And then like they start rolling down, and then I grab <laughs> the snail and I like dodge out of the way, <laughs> and then I just yell, I'm like, oh sorry, I was looking at a snail, like, and I was like, but this was before I found out about that memory mm. that my family members had, and then when they told me that, I was like. Wow, that like makes me feel a bit better. That you know, hopefully, the some of the more poor or uh, negative life experiences I've had haven't done too much irreparable damage to myself. Um, and yeah, it was making me think about this movie too, because it's like, uh, why did this? Why did she pick that memory with her uh, previous or like her first love? Mm-hmm. It's like because that's when everything felt right. Um, she didn't experience the loss, the grief of losing like a loved one, at least at, at that caliber. Um, and it forever changed her life because of that. And then that's the realization that the counselor has. It's like, oh, she picked me. Like, even though I didn't think I had a happy moment in my life to choose, which ended up me staying here for like 52 years, uh, I now have a memory that I could choose to film and to where I can move on. Because I was yeah. a part of that. And then he finesses it. Mm-hmm. I love that little detail. If I'm correct. Because when they screen it, it shows them filming... It shows him at the park in the same memory with the, his, his fiancée before he dies in the war. But then it shows the crew filming him. So he kind of did both in a way. Or like it may be in the memory of them there recreating that moment. So in a way, he gets to keep, you know, the uh, the protege who's in love with him and all those friends and me- memories, or that moment is captured along with this uh, fiancé who he had such an impactful, or such an impact on in his short life that he was previously feeling uh, not concrete about because of its shortness and its brevity. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh no, that was the moment. And also, I want to include this moment of you guys filming me. I like the little hack. Yeah, overall, very uh, beautiful film. Um, But I wanted to ask you guys, um, 
just top of your heads, what uh, would be a memory that would be in the running to, to choose from if you were in this situation? You lived your life, coming out of it, and then you're looking back, and now you have to choose one memory. I'm going to say uh, Uno reverse card. You first. <laughs> you, Me first? Yes, you've come up with a question, so you've had more time. Yeah, that's, a, that's a good, yeah, that's a very good point. Um, yeah. I have a few moments, um, some of which are from earlier in life, some of which are later. Uh, one memory I have is the summer, or no, it was the last birthday that I had in my hometown where it was me and all my friends from elementary school. They came over for a water party. We had like a little blow up pool. We had the hose going. Um, everybody was just... I, I feel like when I, like all, the friends that I had back then, it felt like there were no barriers. And I could just be myself. They liked me for me. I liked them for them. We were all enjoying the last moments that we had together uh, in that time. And they were there at my birthday. Because, like, I don't ever really have birthday parties, um, ever. And... When I do have one, that's very special, a very special occasion. Um, but yeah, I think that that would be in the running for it because after that, that was like when I moved and then I never spoke to any of them ever again after that. Um, another one that I have is probably with my family. We were like out at a park somewhere and we used to get like these rockets that you would uh, build and then launch them up into the air and they had like a parachute. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. That memory always comes to mind. And then of course like I have, I have ones from like more recent like with loved ones and with partners and but I feel like I would pick one from, from my youth because I, I feel like nowadays like I, I'm much more cynical than I used to be. But maybe I was always this way. <laughs> or maybe I'm not that cynical. I don't know. Because I'm still holding on to something. Um, but yeah, what about you guys? Um, I was thinking like... Something like playing basketball or something. Just having like... That high energy and... Just like... I don't know if you're like competitive like me. But I like to like... You know, try hard you know, try to win the game, because it always feels good to win, right, in anything, really, um, yeah, I don't know why that came to mind, but I like doing something like that, I feel like it just kind of helps me escape from life, you know, uh, playing a sport, working with someone, you know, like, like what we were just talking about <laughs> earlier, um, yeah, like working as a team, and when you get to do it with people that like, you get along with, too, it's just, yeah, just stress-free and just go there and show your wits and your skills and yeah um i did have a memory like i think it was like 10 years ago now uh there was like a basketball tournament um for this uh like whole service fraternity i was in um yeah they had a base in davis and we all met up there like so sacramento went and like san francisco and like san diego ucla like uh yeah, um, yeah, uh, like the clubs was like predominantly like Asian American, <laughs> which is crazy because we're like we're service fraternities, and I guess 
um, yeah, it was crazy. So I, I hit um, in the um, so there was like a bracket that we played, and we played like the the first game, and and it was like timed and everything. Um, yeah, I hit the uh, I hit a buzzer beater. Like it was crazy. Like my friends, and I didn't even like play basketball for like. I wasn't even practicing before I played in this tournament, which is like a huge mistake. And I was glad I was like way younger than to play uh, because when I hit that buzzer beater, like, dude, I was so sore. I could barely walk. Like I could, like we took a photo, but then like I can barely move and like get up and like, I just, I don't know. I was all like disheveled too, <laughs> like everything. I was just, I was a mess. Um, but it was a great memory. I feel like uh, it just had the waves of everything and, uh, we ended up winning actually the uh, the whole thing, so it was super cool. Like we got to advance and play the next team, and they were tough. And yeah. Okay. Wait, did you win? Yes. The whole tournament. Yeah. How did? Whoa! Yeah. Damn. Yeah. yeah. It's like I gotta know. So, oh, dude, I, dude, I was so stoked for like Sacramento. You know, like <laughs> they gotta know us, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, it was cool. Yeah, it was fun. Great times. I, I love to play basketball. That's something that, you know, when people say ball is life, like that's for sure. You see a ball, you gotta bounce it, you know? You wanna <laughs> shoot it. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Uh, I think mine, it's kind of a broad memory because there's passage of time. But one of the ones that sticks out is like one of those early, early memories. Like before preschool, or I could have gone. But yeah, we're living at a duplex, and the environment changes. There was a field nearby next to train tracks, and we're at the duplex. And there used to be a creek there, and we used to go, me, my dad, and my brother, we'd go, we'd catch tadpoles when the, they had hatched from the little, the little eggs. We'd catch them, we'd bring them back, and we'd put them in a fish tank, and then we'd see them grow legs. We'd see them swim around, and then they'd grow legs, and then they'd be hanging out on the wall, and then they'd grow legs and arms, and they'd be hanging out like above the water. Like they'd get out of the water eventually. So my memory would be catching the tadpoles, that period of time when they're growing, and then your little kid seeing them, you know, they're like, oh look, they got, you know, they got little legs, and you see the tadpoles do have little legs, and then you see like a little, uh, like a really small frog, just like chilling on like the top edge of the fish tank. And then yeah, and then we'd uh, let them out, and this is a uh, the duplex was like beneath the street. Like street level, like it was a hill street next to it, so it was like a down slope of grass. We like little ivy right there, and we used to release them there. And again, we weren't even like we're like two hundred yards from the creek in the field, so I'm sure they got back if they needed to or whatever. In fact, we used to see frogs in the ivy, and then yeah, that's what the memory would end with was we'd release them, and then anytime we heard frogs in the ivy, uh, you know. We'd be standing in the doorway with the light on, so it was like, you know, just darkness past the light's rim, and you can see the light on the ivy, and you just hear the frogs ribbiting at night, and they're like, oh yeah, they're like, that's your frog. Well, look, you came back to say hi, even though it's totally not our frogs. So like, oh yeah, it's, it's all the frogs we let go, and they're just hanging out. I was like, oh wow, and you're young enough to believe that. Yeah. So that'd be my moment. That's the one that comes to mind right now. So if I could stretch that moment. Yeah, <laughs> just like have a montage memory. Yeah, just start here. It's just it's all it's all the frog related. So just edit that together, and it's good. Yeah, you basically have the ability to like manipulate your, you know, time. Mm -hmm. and... 
But yeah, that's mine. Yeah, it's really difficult to choose, unsurprisingly. Um, because once you start thinking of one memory, then it's like sort of... It's like a it, it connects to like all these other mm-hmm. memories within the ripple. And yeah. And in a way it kind of devalues the other stuff, which it doesn't. Which is... It should... It shouldn't, I think. Yeah, because it's like each one's so unique. It's like you hold on to it for one reason or another. Like I have so many random memories that I just think about for no reason. Um, and I wonder what it is. I mean, because it, it's even more weird when uh, the moment happens to you. And then you think to yourself, I think I might remember this for a long time. Because like, I have so many memories like that as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for instance, like when I broke or when I lost my two front teeth when um I was my my brothers were like skateboarding down the street and whatnot and then I got one of the skateboards and I lied I laid down on my stomach on it and I was rolling around and then I got too close to a curb and then I knocked my two front teeth out it's like why do I remember that mm-hmm. <laughs> but like I, I still remember it yeah I agree yeah but yeah like there's so many beautiful moments um and it, it reminds me of the one that the teenager picked where their, like, head is in their mother's lap or something. And then they see, like, the, the sun piercing through, like, the curtains into their eyes. And, like, it makes me think about the, the color that you see when you close your eyes and you're, like, looking into the sun. It's like that warmth. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't feel like a... It doesn't feel like it's a solid color. Like, it feels not even like a gradient either. It feels like centralized and and then it goes out i don't know it's weird like sometimes i see like deep red like the deepest red i've ever seen in my life Mm -hmm. when i like let my eyes like roll back a little bit when i'm looking at the sun and then sometimes i see blue which is weird that's like Mm, but but i love like like just those moments of living like even what richie's memory was like when you're just playing basketball and it it just it's like a, a slice out of your day where yeah. it's just like, yeah, it's like this feeling of just doing the act that you love with other people. and yeah. I have an exact one like that, too, from playing soccer. I, like, just practice one night at Cherry Island. And it's just that twilight where everyone's, like, kind of silhouette And we just finished scrimmaging. And, yeah, mm-hmm. just for some reason, Kid Me was like, remember this moment. Even though nothing happened, I was just drinking water, like, waiting to go back in and play. Cause we had like one more half left, but I was like, wow, those, you know, the light's real bad, but we're still going to keep playing because we're supposed to, or practice isn't over. <laughs> but yeah, just, yeah, just, it just jumps out for some reason in the moment. Like the sky looks a certain way, so it's burned in your eye. Yeah, exactly. It'll burn in your brain. Yeah, there's too many to choose. <laughs> I feel like I, I would, I would be that. Or I would be one of the people who requests the tapes. Oh, yeah. I'm like, nope, I gotta see them all. Because <laughs> there's too many. I don't want to miss a thing. Yeah. Because I've already missed it once. <laughs> I'd be like, can I make some changes? <laughs> make some edits. Yeah, can I make some... Just, just throw them all together. <laughs> some creative edits here. <laughs> so you didn't tell me there was a... A runtime on this thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I do like the punk characters thing of a dream. And I was mm-hmm. like, that's real. That's I I get why it's not allowed, but it's like that's a very I know, I, I feel like he could have went with the dream. Yeah. I was like when he that was I didn't see why not, but Yeah. Uh, the rules were kinda iffy in my opinion. I'm like, hmm. 
Yeah, I, I feel like Dream should have been allowed too because, like, I mean, I, I know I've had, like, some that I still think about to this day where they felt more real than waking life does. And it's weird how that happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, because, of course, like, you created it. Like, it's, it's a part of you. It's what you took in, what you're projecting out, what you're trying to process. And somehow, like, especially with, like, repetitive dreams... Where it's like the same thing keeps happening. Like, for some reason, I keep having like dreams where I'm in old houses that I used to live in. Um, and I'm like upstairs and it just doesn't feel like I'm upstairs, but I am. Um, or like I'm walking around old neighborhoods, like through alleys and like back roads where it's like, why am I going in through like the, like the door that's on the opposite side where it should be or all these different things. But yeah, it's got me thinking back on, like, all these things that I wish I could have changed, but I can't, but somehow I need to accept it, and I feel like with this wave of movies that I've been, or media, I should say, that I've been taking in, um, it's putting into perspective of, like, what I'm going through in my own life. Like, I, I think I was talking with Ben's before, like, um, who's, like, a pre- who has been on multiple episodes of our podcast, um, he was saying that he likes, and I apologize if you don't want me saying this, but I, don't, I feel like he'll be, he'd be cool with it, um, mm-hmm. where he was saying that he likes going on people's letterboxed accounts to see what they're watching because it's like a glimpse into what it is that they're going through in life or like what they're try, what they're choosing to take in. Um, so if it's like a comedy or something or like a romance or anything like that. And I feel like that there's like a lot of truth to that. And I know for me, like, like I, I watched the latest season of The Bear, um, Past Lives, uh, like a few other movies that like makes me think about like, okay, I need to utilize my time much better because I'm at the halfway point. And it's like if I've only been truly living for five years, like where I know myself, I want to utilize these next 30 as much as I can, like operating at like full potential because it's like I'm so tired of being afraid to live and I want to take all these lessons and do something with it. Yeah, that's how I feel about time lately. Man, yeah. that shit that keeps episode, me up at night. <laughs> it was like episode seven in the first season of The Bear when it's just like it's filmed as um, like the story, like the way it's told is like in one take for an episode for like 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like that style and how it showed you within that time frame how like stressful and intense that situation was and um, yeah that's not my favorite memories to go through for <laughs> sure you know because like like I've mentioned to you before Kevin like you know when I worked in food service and just being in that environment knowing those type of people those type of characters I guess um, felt pretty real <laughs> yeah I'm, I cannot wait to hear what you think of this latest season because it, I feel like it'll resonate with you even more, especially like after hearing like your experiences in like food service and whatnot. Like, I mean, cause the first season obviously like resonates with you. Um, but to me, I feel like they do a much better job of focusing in on the people that you've come to know to some degree from the first season. Um, 
I love when stories do that. They choose one person to focus in on for X amount of time, and then it's all of them. And then, of course, you get, like, little sprinkles of, like, other people in the story, like, as they're going about their lives, too. And I feel like they do a great job of depicting a passage of time, because there's always a deadline in that show. And it's like a, the, the ticking hourglass, or, you know, the sand going through it and whatnot. But, um, yeah, that season, I feel like it really is focused on time. And how important it is to utilize every single moment that you get. Which sounds so cliche where it's like, oh, I have to live to my maximum potential. I can't sleep. I can't do any of these things. But it's like, no, utilize it wisely. Like, And once again, it makes me think back to that book that I was telling or that I was talking about earlier. The um, time management for mortals where the um, writer is talking about like, when they learned about uh, this one philosopher named Heidegger, and they talk about this concept known um, of, of being time. And it's like, what are we doing with our lives? Well, right now we're like at, you know, my coffee table. Like we're, this is, who, we're choosing to do this mm-hmm. like with our time. Um, and to me that says a lot because it's like, we all have our individual lives. We all have our like individual challenges and struggles that we're like dealing with while also trying to keep our eyes on some sort of prize. Um, But also being able to adapt as well when we get more information, when we get more experiences. But it's like in spite of that, we are able to settle upon like a time and a place to all be together for X amount of time. And it's like that kind of thinking like, makes me feel like I'm jumping off the deep end when I start getting into that, like, like August in the Water type stuff, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is another film that we uh, did a podcast on. Um, you should check that one out, too, if you like this film. Um, yeah, I feel like this is a... I, I liked this film a lot, um, especially with how grounded it felt. Like, I, it felt realistic to me, even though it's completely... Who knows mm-hmm. what it's like afterwards. Um you know how um i don't know if you guys i mean you guys do this but like you can look at like hours played for your video games or like if you go to your oh yeah playstation and check like how much time how many hours you've spent into a game yeah um i wonder like they should have a an algorithm for time spent on watching movies because one time I, I i've known someone in my life who believes like watching movies is a waste of time like that's his philosophy on on watching movies and it made me so offended that i didn't even know what to say like i didn't know how to respond to that i'm like what how do you view like watching movies as a waste of time so it tells me like he's never seen a movie that didn't feel like a waste of time you know like mm-hmm. there's so much so many movies that you've seen like <laughs> but yeah um just some random memory <laughs> yeah it, it makes me think about like okay why do they think that watching it or engaging with that kind of stuff is a waste of time and my only possible conclusion is that maybe they feel that they should be out doing more you know living their experiences more and i totally get that but there's this uh oh like i it reminds me of this thing that i heard about like dario argento where he was saying that like um something along the lines of like anybody or no films are incapable of teaching anybody anything and I was like, what? Like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> and I'm like, this is coming from, like, a 
like a top tier like artist and filmmaker and he's like yeah well none of these things are therapeutic they don't like people go to them looking for answers to questions and then they just aren't capable of doing that and I'd, I'd be curious about hearing them expand upon that more because to me I feel like the complete opposite way like when I watch movies it helps me like discover part of myself that I didn't even know was there because it's like you're experiencing like this other like alternate life for like a brief span of time you can be like David Lynch and be like nope just not gonna explain yeah nope. just nope nope <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was weird. Yeah. Are they saying like it's already there in when you choose the view of the media? The media doesn't have it innately, but you know that feeling that the film gives you is already present in you, and the film just you know elicits it. It doesn't actually contain that. Yeah, like it's sort of like a catalyst in a way. Yeah, where it's like, oh, it doesn't teach you anything. Like you knew this lesson. The film just reminded you, or I don't know. I feel like if anything, it teaches me to be more empathetic whenever I watch a movie. Like, even if it's not, like, a deep movie at all, or it's just, like, purely entertainment value, it makes me, like, appreciate, like, the interconnectedness. Well, but, but it means you already have empathy. Yeah, that's true. you would be watching... Maybe it helps me exercise. Oh, yeah. Exercise these qualities. Get some reps in. Yeah. There's this famous quote from the film South End Tales where someone said... There would be more peace in the world if everyone just did cardio. Or there would be a lot less violence in the world if everyone did cardio. <laughs> I mean, there's, I never there's, agreed something, more. <laughs> there's something to that, you know, because exercise, like, it improves, like, the like your mental health and everything. Yeah. Like, there's so many studies on that. And, of course, like, what you eat and everything, like, I don't know. There's so much that goes into it. So much. But, yeah, do you guys have any final thoughts on this film? Great movie, five out of five. One of your Tyler's rating. We got to remember to get that next episode. <laughs> and I, I know I dragged the average rating down a little bit. You know, <laughs> be like a three point eight at this point. Right? <laughs> um, uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I there this uh, there are definitely parts of this movie that I really really liked. I think it just maybe the journey getting there and like the explanation of like these characters and um, just the way it was structured at first just kind of put me off a bit and I feel like some of that those parts could have been condensed but j that's just me mm -hmm. um, but um, yeah there were some pretty like really good characters to latch on to and I like I like those stories like um, yeah and it was it was pretty heartbreaking uh, yeah um, but yeah I like that I liked what memories this film brought out of us and out of me and what we got to talk about I felt like I enjoyed the conversation yeah but maybe like the movie I'm like okay it would spur that out of me but I wouldn't feel like I need to rewatch it mm -hmm. if that makes sense yeah I think that that was uh, the main reason why I picked this movie because I saw the premise and I was like okay I don't know what the story is or like if it'll be any good or not but I feel like it'll bring up a good conversation at least where we get to talk about like our own like memories and stuff because I feel like that's the, like, if it's able to conjure up that stuff, then to me that's what really matters. But yeah. Um, if, uh, like I said, if you like this movie, you can find it on Criterion channel. 
could stream it there. You could buy it, rent it. Um, if you like listening to us, uh, we have plenty more episodes for you to check out. Um, we have a few things in the works. Apologies on not uh, being present or not having too much of a presence this year so far. Um, life. That's all I can say. Life that's, happens. That's our like subplot right now within yeah. the podcast. Yeah, we're like going, we're all like just going through it. <laughs> but um, it's a nice thing whenever we, or it's a nice time whenever we do get to find time to do an episode together. Um, and I don't, yeah, I, I think that we'll keep doing this. Um, you guys are working on OA still. So there's that on the horizon, Pat. There's that other show you want to mm-hmm, do, mm-hmm. Paranoia Agent. Mm-hmm. Is that still the one? Currently, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally down for that one. And then uh, season two of Twin Peaks is coming as well for anybody who is a fan of that. <laughs> um, yeah, we got lots of stuff. Um, it's just a matter of finding the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I know I eventually want to start doing video essays. Um, like it's been an idea that we've tossed tossed around for a very long time of going back to old films that we've watched and finding new angles, new perspectives inside of them. Um, and then of course having more guests on everything. Anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, we, we will see you on the next one.